0: Welcome back to A Love Like This podcast. We are so glad you are here. Join us as we share the stories, memories and messages that help shape not just our lives, but the lives of our incredible guests. Together with some of our amazing friends, inspirations and teachers, we bring you stories of faith journeys, life lessons and advice, all centered around building an abundant life. You have a place here, you have a purpose here. So here we go. hey guys so i'm super excited for this week's episode paige and i got to sit down with a friend of ours madison thomas madison recently wrote an ebook titled redefining what 32 surgeries taught me about how to view life and my body if you guys wanted to have more information and actually purchase her ebook which i highly recommend you do you can head over to madisonthomasorg redefining we were so thrilled to sit down with madison to talk about this topic because it's very needed It's very relevant yep it's super needed I think Madison was super vulnerable super authentic with the way she said she shared (laughs) we always struggle with this the way she shared her story (laughs) with us um, and basically we just pulled it apart and You know, picked out chapters from a book that really can inspire you guys to walk a life that um, cancels out comparison and instead replaces it with contentment with ourselves. So I I loved everything she said. Madison is super wise and we hope that you guys receive some of the wisdom that she shared on this week's episode. Madison, the other day we had such a good conversation over the phone while I was on my morning walk. You're in Starbucks (laughs) drive-thru. It was so much fun. Um, one of the things that I asked you um, was, would it be okay if you could share with us your story um, on the podcast? So I just want to have you share your story um, and a little bit about who you are and what you're doing right now.
1: Yeah. So basically, kind of my story really started like right when I was born. I was born with a rare physical deformity, and it's called proximal femoral focal deficiency and it's basically where your left femur is much shorter than your right femur and but then it kind of impacted the rest of my leg as well so i'm missing some things in my ankle and it's a little messed up but um because of that i had to embark on a journey and when i was two my parents had to decide whether they wanted to amputate or basically lengthen my leg a foot So I was on the, like, really far spectrum of, like, how extreme it can be. And so they prayed about it. They felt called to fight for my leg. And then when I was four, I had my first surgery. It was a um, hip reconstruction, and that was a pretty long recovery. It was, like, about six months in a cast. And then about a year later, I had my first bone lengthening. And so the bone lengthening process is basically where they, like, break your femur and they pull it apart for a few months and then it heals for a few months. And then I kind of was on a cycle of surgeries from four to 15. So I had 29 surgeries from four to 15. And then, um, there were five lengthenings, So they lengthened my leg, a total of 10 centimeters. And then they took me down on my right leg. They like drilled into my growth plate and took me down a few inches on my right leg. So that's kind of how they leveled everything out. And then when I was 15, they were finally the same length and growing up, I definitely looked forward to that day. Like my whole life, I was like, when my legs are the same length, that is the day, like my problems are going to be solved. I used to like, think about it, pray about it every single night. And, um, I got to that day and it truly was the hardest day for me. Now it's one of the best days, but like my parents were crying tears of joy and I was Mm -hmm. crying because like I put all my stock into this one day thinking it was going to like fulfill me and solve all my problems. And I remember looking down at my leg, realizing that nothing had changed, like they were the same length, but I still had scars. I still had a weak looking leg. I still had all these years of emotional trauma. And so that was really like the day that kind of uh, sparked my journey of redefining the way that I saw my body in my life. And I was like, okay, mm. I've totally put my stock in how the world views beauty and all that stuff. So I need to figure out how to learn how to love these scars because I'm going to have them either way. So I might as well learn to love them and be confident in them and like all that stuff. So I took a break from surgery and I was just like, I need a break. I need some time to heal. I need some time to get strong. So I kind of started um, learning about how to redefine the way that you view your body and your life through trial and error and research. And so I started going to counseling because I had a lot of trauma go back, come back up and um, went through a season of feeling depressed and really down. And so I went to counseling to kind of heal through that. So I worked on myself mentally. And then I started really getting into fueling my body right and moving my body in whatever way that I could. And so I got into like getting my body strong. And then I really, as time went on, I started to read more and listen to more podcasts and do a lot of like development in that area. And so I got mentally strong and kind of learning how to view things, perspective, um, different ways to think about my struggles and all that stuff. And that kind of led me for eight years building this toolbox to get to today. And I remember being in Chile about a year and a half ago and I was listening to this podcast and this guy was talking about how, like, you know, we all have our one day dreams of one day I'm going to write a book or one day I'm going to move to this country or one day I'm going to get married, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. He was like whatever your one day thing is, is code for never. Like most people never do their one day dream. And I was like, well, I'm going to write a freaking book. And so I literally like shut the podcast off and I started writing my book that day. And that's kind of how I got here. And that's, I've written a book, it's called redefining. It's what 32 surgeries taught me about how to view my body and life. And it's basically like an inspired toolbox of where I combine like my research, my life lessons and stories and kind of compile them into a lot of different categories. And so once I learned that 80% of women don't like what they see in the mirror, I was like, well, I'm not the only one that needs to redefine the way that they see their body or their life. Maybe something I've learned can help somebody. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of compiles different topics like perspective, a growth mindset, um, habits, confidence, comparison, your circle, um, your mind, fuel, movement. And so it's a ton of different topics and a lot of applicable things with Mm. each one with like entertaining stories kind of makes sense. So So that's kind of like my story of where I've been and where I'm at now and how I got here. So good. Thank you for sharing
0: that. That's amazing. Um, So Madison, one of, I feel like we'll get more into detail with your book in a second but one of the things that Paige and I um were discussing before you came on the show was like um how we came across your Instagram live with Jessica Clark and Mm -hmm. we said to ourselves literally we're both watching it on our phones across the table and we looked at each other like we need to get this girl like on the podcast like you're unbelievable we were so inspired when um you know we saw what your book was all about and just everything that you encompass and one of the things that um I took a note. I took notes from your Instagram live. One of the the things um, that you said was shutting the old and building the new of what matters every day. Um, What did you mean by what, like when you said that?
1: Oh my gosh, this is so true. I truly, I tell people who like struggle with insecurity and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I'm like, this is not just happen overnight. Like it took me eight years to really like shed the old and build the new. And it truly was a day by day action. And you have to have grace with yourself as you choose to redefine the way you see your body or life, whatever that is for you. So for me, it was a lot of my insecurity came from my leg and my scars, stuff like that. So I would consciously choose, okay, I'm going to wear shorts today. I'm going to be confident in my scars today. Not like my whole life, but like today I'm going to be confident in them. Or I'm going to be more open and vulnerable when somebody asks me about my leg, not just say, oh, I had some surgeries. I'm going to tell my story or like when I got all the pictures done of my scars and everything, I'm going to post my scars and I'm going to be like comfortable in them. And so it was really this process of like every day shedding things that didn't matter of like the world would tell you, hide your scars, don't. Be confident in them, whatever. And I was like, no, I'm going to like choose to redefine this. And so it was kind of like those little, little moments and opportunities to uncross my legs in certain conversations or when I'm in the car. And it truly was shedding that insecurity and making the conscious decision to shed it. And then simultaneously build my confidence in who I am, how I treat people, how I'm growing kind of like putting work into like what I'm learning and building that part of me while I shedded the insignificant insecurity. And that's what I mean by doing that every single day. Cause I've built myself over the past eight years in different ways. And so I would just it's a long journey, but it's one worth
0: mm-hmm. embarking. That's such on. a powerful message I feel. And I love how you reference back to the world because this is something that Abby and I are both really passionate about is how mm-hmm. insane like pressures we get from the world and what the world's standards are. Something that you also said in the live that I wrote down, cause it was just so good. You're talking about like where we place our identity and you mm. said like in something bigger than your body or success or anything that can be stripped from you in a day, don't place it in that. And I'm so guilty of that. And I feel like so many people are these days is they place their identity in, I don't know, their Instagram posts or whatever that may be or look like in their lives what would you say to someone that can break free from that?
1: Oh, my gosh. This is something that um, I've really, really learned the past few years. And I think it's been through, honestly, like trial and error of like if I saw my pl- myself placing my identity in my body or in my success or okay. anything like that. Yep. And then to have it like stripped, it's be mm-hmm. like okay, I don't want to place it in that because it can be taken in a day or in a moment. Like growing up, having my ability to walk, being like taken in a moment, like from a surgery, it taught me very quickly, like this can be taken. I'm only like living in this body right now. And uh, relationships can be taken. COVID taught us that like our whole lifestyle can be taken. Companies can shut down like Truly, I think for me, the only thing that is secure and the only thing that is never changing and so strong to withstand any anything that I will ever come across is the Lord and like placing yeah. my identity in the Lord who he says I am. So it's like my peace comes from above. My strength comes from above. My love comes from above. Like everything is coming here from above down and then I can go out. And so that way, there's nothing going on in this world that I'm relying on to give me any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so not everybody's going to agree with that. So I would say, even if you don't believe in God or you don't believe in Christ, still look at yourself and say, okay, is my identity in my body? Is it in my success? And try and place it in things that have to do with more of you and like how you treat people. Like, an honest man in 2020 is still an honest man in 1920. Mm -hmm. That doesn't change. You're still honest. And so, even if you don't agree with me, I would say really look at where you're placing your identity and try and place it in something bigger than yourself. That's so good. Hey guys, Ben here.
0: We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that for the month of February, us four kids are going to be giving away a copy of our favourite book each week to help celebrate the launch of season two. This week, I'm going to be giving away a copy of The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. That is the best Brazilian accent you're going to get from me. But make sure you head over to a love like this.info/subscribe to join our mailing list and enter. Madison, one of the things that we both agreed on, um, over the phone was how, and I was thinking about it after our phone call as well, was something that you said to me and encouraged me by it was you said that, um, if we can like be genuinely happy for somebody else, AKA, mm. um, when we find ourselves comparing ourselves with another person, um, if we replace that with, you know, being joyful, with, you know, being happy with where that mm-hmm. person is. Mm-hmm. It's like contentment cancels out comparison. But then I also thought about it as comparison cancels out contentment as well. Um, Do you just want to talk well, on that a little so bit? Good. You know, it, yeah, it, just, it was like a she told me about about the other mind. day. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, like that true, right? Yeah, Madison said so it. Good. I just flipped it around. So good.
1: Yeah. So that's something I've like really learned. And I think I saw that with, um, my scars a lot. Like some people would compare themselves to me and they would like look down on my scars or some people would be like, Oh, you're so cute or whatever. And they would like look down on themselves. And I'm like, this is not like, how about we all just be happy for each other, where our feet land. Cause at the end of the day, we all have our insecurities. Like there's no getting around that. And I have my own, I'm sure you all have your own. And so the best thing that we can do for ourselves and other people is to genuinely be happy for where their feet land. And I think when you can look at someone beautiful or successful, defined by the world, um, and if you notice yourself being feeling that like gut feeling of like, oh, I wish I was in their shoes, stop yourself and say, I'm happy for them. Good mm-hmm. for them. And it truly, I don't know what it is about it, but ever since I've like put that habit into my life, it totally disarms comparison for me. And it truly like, it encourages that contentment of like what you're saying. And it's a habit that you have to build because it's so much easier to compare and be negative. Like we are hardwired for negativity. So it takes a lot more effort and conscious like, time to genuinely be happy for people, but eventually it does become a habit and then you're just like happy for everybody, wherever their feet land. And then you feel content and that's just kind of like your way of life. Yes, Mm. And of course we all like, you know, seep into moments of comparison, but I think if you can make contentment your habit instead of comparison, that's a way better place to live out of.
0: That's such a word because I think about moments in my life. I'll be, this is just an example, but like, I'll be at the beach And I'll Mm -hmm. see a girl and I'm like, how does she look like that? And then instantly my mood changes. Even my face looks different because I'm sad and my day's ruined. Like how incredible Uh is that? That something, just a thought can rob your joy. And I think that's just so empowering to do the opposite and how it can bring you more joy.
1: I yes, that. I will say now that, like, my habit is like to be good or like happy for people, mm-hmm. I'll see like a girl, like, kind of like what you're saying, where yes. I'm just like, she was sculpted for, by <laughs> God Himself, yes. and now my habit is literally like good for her. Yes. Like, I'm so I happy love for her, it's so great, yes, and good for her, good for you, <laughs> yeah,
0: yes, I love, I love that. Um, going back to your book. I think when you were talking earlier about that whole um those moments that you had throughout your day where like you'd uncross your legs or you'd wear shorts mm-hmm. um on a day just to kind of like defeat those insecurities. I think I love the whole idea about redefining because you hear it all the time, like let's um overcome our insecurities, like let's defeat them, let's just be happy with who we are. But we don't like what you're saying, we don't really get the tools in the process of how we can do that and how we can defeat those things. So I'm super excited to read your book. I've told you that I haven't read it before because I wanted to like flesh it out with you before getting into it. Um, but I'm so excited to hear it. So I wanted to ask you, um, you know, in your eyes, what, what does beauty mean to you? Like, how would you define beauty?
1: Hmm. Beauty to me is truly embracing who you are, and your past, where your feet land, and acknowledging your current capabilities and qualities, and being okay with your weaknesses and your downfalls. It's like truly embracing you in every side of you, and that's something I've really learned with my scars. It's like I was always good at embracing like the right side of my body, but mm-hmm. I was not so good at embracing the left side of my body, where like my scars showed. And beauty to me is truly, like, built from within, and it's such a light that is expressed outward. Like, we've all met people where, like, they're absolutely stunning, and I talk about this in my book, but, like, and I compare it to houses. Like, you come across, like, a really Mm. beautiful house, but then you walk in and like the family is cold to each other and it's just like a cold environment. And you're like, I don't even want to be here, even mm-hmm. though it's beautiful. And then that's how I compare it to like a confident body and an insecure heart. Good. Like it, beauty is truly built within. There's no doubt about it. But when it comes to the exterior, beauty is embracing what you got, what your qualities are and humbling yourself with your weaknesses because you cannot be anything. You can't be everything for everyone. And that's what it's come down to for me, knowing where it comes from and that my body will change and my qualities will change. My capabilities will change. And it's just embracing where you're at as you change Yeah, and um, loving people well. Like yes. that's the most beautiful thing you can do is just love people well and serve people. And that is freaking beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it is. I love that so, so much. And another thing I'd want to say for like a tool yes, mm-hmm. as far as like defeating insecurity and stuff like that. For me, I would say whatever your insecurity is, whether it's your skin or your body or your past, whatever it is, look at it and figure out some way to be grateful for it mm-hmm. and figure out some way to love it. And there were times where I'd look at the mirror and I'd be like, I'm so grateful that my leg walks, that it does this for me, that it allows me to move or whatever. And I think that if you can figure out some way to be grateful for the very thing you're insecure about, um, that's a super helpful thing. Yeah. That's tangible and applicable that I've used over like the years. Like a superpower.
0: It is. I feel like gratitude is a superpower. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, this is probably a really broad question but you also said in the live that like every day we have to show up and like we have a choice, like a legit choice to choose a different perspective of your circumstances. Um, and I just feel like I wanted to ask you how has choosing, I guess, the positive side of things and the positive outlook on life changed your life? Like how has that legit changed everything for you?
1: Oh, my gosh. Like I truly I wouldn't have written a book. I wouldn't be yes. on this podcast. I would, um, I would not be mentally. Okay. (laughs) I would not be, uh, like happy. I mean, I definitely have my days and in the process of healing from all this trauma, it was bringing a lot of that out of me, but I knew that that's, that was the process of healing. And so I'm not like this happy go lucky person every single day. Um, But I definitely think that perspective changes everything. And you can have perspective about the small moments and the big moments. And it's genuinely a choice. Like, I know that some people that bothers when you're like, you have a choice, like you get to Mm -hmm. choose how you see your circumstances. And I feel like I can say it because I've been through a lot of like hardship and I've been through the pain and I still stand by those words very strongly. Like you do have a choice. You don't get to choose what happens to you. There's a lot of hard stuff that happens to a lot, a lot of people and I hate it. And I acknowledge that my story is hard, but I acknowledge that there are a lot of really, really hard stories as well. And no matter what your day is, Choosing to bring the joy. Like if I've, if I was, I was going through a hard season one time when I got back from Chile and I just felt so overwhelmed. And I had this thing next to my door from a book, Brandon Burchard, and it says, bring the joy. And I just tried to make it a conscious choice every single day, bring the joy. And that was my goal for that season of life. Sometimes your goal And your choice is to love yourself. Sometimes your goal is to love your family. If you have broken relationships, build the relationship. Like you always have a choice, whatever your struggle is, about how you want to react or how you want to grow. And I think that that to me is very freeing, but there's also a lot of responsibility that comes with that. Because that means if you're super unhappy with your current circumstance, like you have some choices that you do have the freedom to make. And you do have the freedom to look at your life in a different light, mm. and so there's freedom and responsibility that comes with it. And I think that's a great thing for all of us.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Um, Madison, I have some questions because I did add that Q and A um, little <laughs> section on my Instagram story. Yeah. Um, I'll just choose two of them. I'm trying. I'm going to try and reword this one, but basically the question was um. Did you used to feel bad about your scars, even though there was a positive outcome to them and your surgeries? If so, is there anything other than a positive outcome that has made you change your view on yourself and your body? Hmm. Okay.
1: Um, Yes, I definitely did used to feel bad about my scars. That's why. I wrote the book is cause I redefined them from feeling bad about them to feeling confident in them. And that was the conscious choice to redefine them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the second part of it? Um,
0: it was like, was there anything other than the positive outcome from your surgeries that helped you have a positive outlook from your body? Oh, besides okay, the surgeries?
1: Okay. Yes. I would say on top of like the positive outlook and just being like, it made me who I am. I would say the biggest gift to me, and this is what I end my, book off with is that the journey of redefining wasn't about learning how to love my scars at all it was about learning how to love people through my scars and that truly is what gives them their beauty and I think that goes for anybody with any scar whether it's physical or unseen once you learn how to love that scar and see it for what it is and how it's molding you into who you were created to be you're able to love people from that scar and through that scar. And that is like the biggest gift to me. But truly, like that makes it all worth it when I get messages from girls on Instagram and they open up to me and I get to like love them through my scars. And so anybody can do that. Like I'm not some big famous person, you know, and that truly is what gives them their beauty. And so that's what I would say. Oh, that's
0: so good. I love that. i got goosebumps when you said that. Um, the second question is how do you get confidence to love yourself?
1: Mm. I would say there's a big misconception about confidence. Like it's um that it's like in certain people's DNA and only some people are born with it, and only like mm. the rich, beautiful, and famous are like confident or whatever. And to gain confidence in yourself, you have to start within. Like you need to, I think if you are treating people well and you're showing up first, you do the things that you say you're going to do. Like if you say you're going to like in the small moments, I talk about surface level confidence and deep confidence. Mm -hmm. Surface level confidence is the type that, you know, you just show up for yourself. You can like take a shower, get ready, say you're going to work out, go work out, whatever that is. I will not deny that when I'm like treating my body right and my mind right, I feel more confident. Mm -hmm. But the deep confidence is in the like, how do you want to show up in this life? And how do you want to love people? And how do you want to treat people and build into that confidence? Because that can't be shattered in a day. And so for that, I have a chapter in my book that's called evaluation. And it's basically a set of all these questions to kind of get a baseline of where you're at right now. And like you start with an end in mind of like, what do you want people saying about you at your funeral? And what do you want your mom saying about your father saying about you? And if you can start from that place of having your ultimate values and the ultimate person that you want to show up as, and you start to make those choices to show up as that person, that confidence bleeds into the surface level confidence of like, I feel more confident exterior when my interior is loving people well. So I think there's a big misconception that confidence is all about the exterior. And you can be absolutely beautiful and well off and not be confident at all. That's a huge misconception. Mm -hmm. And so truly start from within. Show up for yourself in little ways and big ways and you'll build it over time. And question where your insecurities come from. Because like you may have had one person in your childhood tell you that you were unlovable or ugly or whatever and like question where that came from because they were probably hurting themselves or insecure themselves and they're also just one person and they don't know the truth like Mm -hmm. that's just an opinion and so start with the heart and move outwards and Mm -hmm. that's how you build it
0: yeah it's almost like biblical like there's a verse that talks about how um like when you get your inside world you're sorry that was, that was bad. When you get your inside world, your heart and your mind put right, then you can see God moving your outside world. And I feel like that's the whole message of what you were just saying about how if you can build yeah. confidence and love yourself on the inside, you can put that out in the world and love other people well.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. You can apply like any of my chapters to like a biblical standpoint. Yes. Like I only talk about my faith in God in my identity chapter because mm-hmm. I wanted people who didn't agree with me to still read yeah. it and like take, you know, tangible things. But like, The Bible talks about what you focus your mind on. It talks about your perspective. It talks about your body. It talks about all these things in a different way. And this is like thousands of years ago. Like this is not new information to like focus your thoughts on good thoughts. So, yeah, I love that. That's so so cool. Um, I'm
0: reading a book at the moment. I don't know if you know it by Jenny Allen called Get Out of Your Head.
1: I've heard about it. I haven't I've read it about yet, it. Though.
0: Yeah. I was so excited. I waited months for it to come out in this particular bookstore so I could get it. Um, and one of the things that I just read this morning was that um, was it 80% or 70%? Um, 70 or 80% of our thoughts are negative. And I questioned mm-hmm. myself and I related so it 70%. And I related it back um, to your message and this whole idea about, you know, defeating insecurities by redefining how we see ourselves and how we see our insecurities to be like, okay, I wonder what would happen if I could take every single negative thought captive, replace it with truth of what God says about me. And then Mm -hmm. like what you said, extend that outwards onto other people. And like what you were saying, I've never found, I've never been more confident um, or felt better, just genuinely better after I've loved you know, people well, after I've helped a particular girl with the situation that she's going through, or after I went and spoke to that person, sitting alone on the playground at school or whatever it may be. Um, you're right about what you said when you don't, there's so confidence is built when you love people. Well, I couldn't Mm -hmm. agree with that more. It's so good. So Mm -hmm. good.
1: Absolutely. And negative thoughts is something that I talk about in my mind chapter. And I did a lot of research on the mind, like through this process. And one of the doc, that I researched was Dr. Amen and he gives advice on automatic negative thoughts and like how to question them and then how to like get down to the lie of them and like how they're all these different ones and so negative thoughts are such a reality and you just have to like learn how to like snag them and redefine them so
0: yeah Yeah, Yeah. that
1: that doesn't surprise me at all that's 70% I know it's
0: it's so crazy
1: um crazy so Madison where can people purchase your book you can go to madisonthomas.org and find it there. And then you can also go to my Instagram, madison.e.thomas. And it's in the bio. You can go to my Facebook, Madison Thomas, it's in the bio. So
0: Yeah, and we'll link it as well in the show notes show and notes. on the website and everything else. Um, Madison, I just, I want to say thank you for writing this book. Like truly thank you. Because like I said before, We get told, let's defeat these insecurities, but I never know the process on... Where the heck does that start? Mm -hmm. How do I go about doing that on an everyday basis? What advice can I apply to whatever situation it is that I'm going through? So thank you for giving us those tools of how we can defeat them.
1: Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) It was definitely, it was definitely a journey to write it all out. But that was like my main goal is like, I don't want to just write my story. I want to give tools and I want to give things that you can really apply and stuff that I've done the past eight years. So.
0: So just to end this episode, I'd like to read something that is on Madison's website. It says, Redefining was born out of the frustration of how 80% of women don't like what they see in the mirror. After my 29th surgery due to a birth defect that left me face to face with the truth that the ideal beauty standard is impossible to achieve. I embarked on a journey to redefining my scars, body and life. Through this I learned that while confidence is ultimately built from within, there are a dozen things that impact one's self-image, like your perspective, mind, habits, fuel, vulnerability, etc. Consider this book an inspired toolbox to aid you in redefining your body, mind and soul. My hope is that through this book you are able to gain both confidence in the body that carries you, but more importantly, a confidence in who you are. This is redefining. We are so grateful for you and hope that you gain some encouragement and truth by this remarkable conversation about redefining beauty with Maddie Thomas.